The Boys of Tech with Edwin Herman and Brett King. Thanks for joining us. This is episode 57 of The Boys of Tech for Monday the 15th of March 2010. My name is Edwin Herman and I'd like to introduce my co-host as per usual, Brett King. Welcome on board. Howdy, Ed. I'm going to kick off this week with Microsoft and their browser ballot page. Now, before I go into the story, just a little bit of background. In Europe, Microsoft is not allowed to ship Internet Explorer exclusively with Windows. So the way that Microsoft have proposed to get around this, which does comply with the EU rules, is that when you fire up Windows for the first time, it takes you to a ballot page, which is basically a page that lets you choose which browser or browsers to install. Uh, you click the links and away they install. Indeed. And it's supposed to present those uh, different browser options randomly. Absolutely. Randomly assign the position every time you open that particular the browser ballot page. Oh, yeah. Otherwise, it might you might think it's favoritizing one, for, you know, if, if IE exactly. was always to the left or something. Precisely. Yeah. Now, when they first released it, unfortunately, they didn't quite do a proper job of quality checking their randomness um, algorithm in there. There's some basic pitfall that a lot of early coders fall into is just using the regular everyday RAND sort of function, which as anybody who's done a bit of programming would know, isn't really that random. And so it ended up that most of the time when you opened up the browser ballot, the icons would arrange themselves in a relatively similar way. More importantly, the Internet Explorer icon will generally end up all the way at the end of the list. Yeah, on the, to the, the right. <laughs> yeah, all the way at the end on the right. So it wasn't random enough. No, it because wasn't random enough. It was just using the regular simple rand function, which isn't actually that random at all. Because there's random numbers and there's really random numbers, right? Precisely. <laughs> so, it, so that was actually to Microsoft's detriment then, wasn't it, if IE was to the right? It, it was indeed. It put the other browsers' um, icons, the other main browser icons, um, uh, ahead of them in the in the list. Um, but they've now put out a um, a patch for that. They've fixed it, and it's now using a pretty <laughs> a much better random function to randomize the lineup. Ah, huzzah! Their icons. Yay! We can get truly <laughs> It's just a funny story. It is. <laughs> they, yeah. So they noticed it, that their people browser... People noticed it. So yeah. Some people noticed it, and it got put out over a relatively popular blog from a re- relatively popular blogger. It got across the internet that the, 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 the random wasn't quite random enough, and so they fixed it. I wonder which browser was ending up on the left. Hmm. I don't know. Nobody's reported anything on that. They've just said that <laughs> the main thing that turned up about it was the Internet Explorer. It was kept getting stuck at the end. Well, not really the end. It kept turning up on the the the, the right hand side, but the the 
the browser ballot itself isn't just the five main competing browsers. It uh, actually includes uh, another six browsers. Yeah, lesser-known uh, ones. Lesser-known. So the big ones are Internet Explorer, Firefox, Safari, Opera, and Google Chrome. Yeah. It's interesting about randomness because, you know, people just think, well, you know, random numbers are random. Oh, indeed. But, but and the, and the, any, any programmer who learns about creating random things will we'll see, you know, almost every programming language has a, a rand function already or a random function. But most of those random functions aren't really that random. Well, there are actually two levels. First of all, there's the classic error of forgetting to seed your random number generator for those that Precisely. do need seeding. <laughs> but uh, that's, and that's an easy trap for, for young players. But the second thing is, is that even once you've seeded it, there are random number generators, and there are better random number generators. Exactly. And in fact, you know, the best way to get true randomness, if there is such a thing, is basically to use what's called a hardware uh, random number generator, which basically takes physical properties, random physical properties, such as electronic noise, which is a random electric fluctuations in, in various materials, and, and reading off that, and, you know, you can take, samples and if the electrical fluctuation is heading up it's a one it's a one if it's heading down it's a zero and you can generate a bit stream and from there you can produce a number yep that's really the best way of doing it mm. Being, uh you know any other algorithm that doesn't rely on real life hardware noise yeah yeah is, bringing is really in a lot of entropy to that sort of, to that algorithm <laughs> you're going to end up with yeah. something which is you know what they call a pseudo-random yeah pseudo-random exactly Really, at the end of the day, you only need something to be as random as you need it, if you know what I mean. Exactly. Well, I guess what I'm saying is that for some applications, you know, for some situations, the basic rand function is random enough, but for other situations, it's not. And clearly, the, the, the one Microsoft used was noticed be, that it wasn't random enough. Yeah, <laughs> it was clearly noticed that it wasn't random enough. Ah. <laughs> uh. So they made it more random. Yeah. Which was good. Yeah, we like random. (laughs) I love random. Now, speaking of random, here's a bit of a random story. If you ordered a processor, an Intel processor from Newegg, you might have got a bit of a dud. Yeah, especially if you, well, more specifically, if you ordered one of the Intel Core i7-920 processors. Yeah. Retail boxes from Good. Newegg. You could have ended up as one of the couple of hundred people who ended up with something not quite right. Not quite right, as in not even a processor, right? It, exactly. A very nice looking box. Looks very official. Couple Except, spelling errors. Yes, that is, the, <laughs> that is the main clue to it, is if you look at the box, there are some spelling errors. Some <laughs> That's things. a dead giveaway. Spelling errors or grammatical errors. Missing yeah. spaces was the, was the, the biggest hint to it. Is when you look at the, the disclaimer piece on the bottom of the uh, on the bottom of the box. Yeah, it's got missing spaces and. <laughs> but when you look through the packaging, it look it looks pretty good till you open it up it's and convincing. discover everything inside it is fake. Yeah. So <laughs> the processor isn't even a processor, right? No, it's a piece of lead. And the fan? Shapes like a processor. The, the fan, fan is a large chunk of molded plastic with a sticker on the top of it, which looks like a fan. So a picture of a fan. <laughs> a picture of a fan on top of the big piece of plastic. So the package itself is weighted about right, but when you open it up, there is really nothing on the inside of it. <laughs> How did this ever get through? 
Well, all we can really say is that the supplier that Newegg was getting these things through is no longer a supplier that Newegg uses. Yeah, fancy that. They've ditched them. I wonder why. They've ditched them because, yeah, obviously somebody was not checking the packaging of stuff that was coming in. You know, either, their, either their supplier was passing off dirty products or attempting to, though you would find, you know, I would find that hard to believe for a for a supplier which is actually based in America as Newegg supplier was, or they themselves had been duped by their distributor or importer from overseas. Yeah. Newegg do appear to be trying to put things right to the best of their abilities. They've been contacting oh, indeed. Uh, indeed. They've been tracking and, down all of the people yeah. who've been yeah. uh, who've ordered those and sending them out replacements and yeah. They've been doing all of the stuff because anybody who's in the PC mod market or the overclockers around the world, Newegg is a is a prime supplier of PC components and and yeah, they'll be doing everything to make sure they don't lose the goodwill of the the modding community of which they are a primary source. I'd love to be able to trace this back to its source because surely there are more than two hundred. In, in the world of these, you know, surely this There's must be the a tip of be, something bigger, it, right? Yeah, there we must only be a know warehouse somewhere sitting with a bunch of lead. <laughs> yeah, yes. Mind you, lead's got a good value these days. It's got not not bad value, but you probably find that the value won't offset the fact the the cost of the product you were uh, you know attempting to purchase. <laughs> no, that's true. That's <laughs> that's for sure. You'd need a lot of lead. Indeed, you would definitely need to gather up a lot of the, the the fakes and not have paid for them in the first place. And the fact that it, it would weigh fifty kilos might give that away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> here's your processor, <laughs> fifty kilos. <laughs> yeah, it would be interesting. Um, well, hopefully, at some point, uh, somebody will dig a little further in and find out from where the new egg supplier was getting their shipments from and be able to trace it back further to what factory was selling shelling out these fakes and whether or not they were out there to dupe people into paying stuff, paying for things which were fake, or whether or not they were, you know, as sometimes they make up marketing duds, demos. Yeah, a bit like the cell phones. A bit like cell yeah. phones. Eh? You go to yeah, cell phone like store. Cell phones you, you see in an electronics store. They're all the dummy ones. The cell phones, they're all dummies. On the shelf, so yeah. it, it could very well be that they were just dummy boxes. And so they weren't properly quality checked or anything like that. They might have been pre, pre-pressed dummy boxes that somehow just managed to get into the shipping. Well, I'm sure, in, I'm sure in due course uh, more information will come out yeah, of this. Yeah, we'll find out the answer to this intriguing little mystery. Well, HP now has a, an iPad, if I'm allowed to say that. <laughs> They've got no, a, they don't. a tablet. They do not have an iPad. They yeah. have a slate. <laughs> yeah, all right. Uh, they, <laughs> yes, technically you're right. I mean, uh, anyway, they, they, they do. They've got a, a tablet. It's called the, a slate. Yep. And it has flash, unlike Indeed. the iPad. Precisely. It is, it is a slate internet device. It is a tablet internet device, which actually provides the whole of the internet to you. Not just part of it. <laughs> yeah, not the whole internet <laughs> apart from Flash. Yes. <laughs> which you have to admit, there's a lot of the internet which is Flash. Yeah. Well, yes and no. A lot of the, you're right, a lot of the internet that does use Flash, though, also uh, is now more and more starting to offer the HTML5 tags. And so, like, it, it, for example, YouTube is a good example. Although it's Flash based, if mm. you're on a device that doesn't have Flash, it reads the HTML5 
tags. Oh, yeah. and it, it's no, a, a lot of websites but, do provide alternative alternative methods of accessing the information. But often, not all of them. But not all no, of them. No, you're right. And not all of them. Really, when you have an internet device, do you want to be putting up with something which provides you with the second-rate version of the internet? Absolutely. Because a lot of people who create yeah. Flash sites, the reason they do it is to make something which is, excuse the pun, Flash. <laughs> make something <laughs> Flash, quite, yeah. It's got a lot of bling to it. It's interactive, stuff moves around, it's very engaging. They'll you, offer an you, alternative site, which will not be anywhere near as interesting, but will offer all of the same information. So yes, sure, on something that doesn't support Flash, you will still be able to get that information. But the interaction, the experience of the sites will be drastically different. I really can't stand those sites that are 100% Flash. You go to, you know the ones you go to a site and the whole screen is a Flash thing. I, I just close the browser. I've had, I've, I have had mixed experiences with those. If it's done well... It can be brilliant. It can be seamless and interactive and just an engaging, ephemeral experience. Or, if it's done badly, it can be horrible and squealy and ridiculous sounds and stupid animations. Well, I've never seen a good one. They, they, they really annoy me, those things. I'll have to find the website that I've got bookmarked at work, which is a rundown of the oh it's like the the weekly picks for cool flash sites and so That's it's an like oxymoron there's no such thing as a cool flash site oh no there are i'm being a grumpy there old are. man <laughs> there are some very cool flash sites out there some flash sites where the people a lot of them are actually for people who do user interface design and so they've done this website in flash but they've taken on board and put forward all of those lessons and things you get from experience in creating good user interfaces. Well, I'll have to reserve my judgment for later then. Indeed, I will have to share that link with you, Ed, because I'm sure you won't like all of them, because I don't like all of them. (laughs) But there will be some in there which will impress you in just how well thought out and how well executed they are. All right, I'll have to to trust you on that and... uh and reserve my judgment. I'll tell you what though, you know, the, the thing that Apple should do now in response is to remind people that when you're surfing the net with their iPad, it effectively blocks a lot of ads because a lot of ads are flash. It's It's got a built-in ad blocker. It does, it does. How's that? And then most other browsers points. have the same facility allowing you to block ads. Well, this is also true. I was just trying to come up with some something positive out of the fact that it doesn't have flash. <laughs> oh, well, look, you, you know, still this, have flash and not have ads. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Look, I really do like the HP one. It is actually very nice. For, for you know, to be honest, well, it is incredibly similar looking well, to the iPad <laughs> yeah, when that, you really get out to it. That's true. But then you were going to have that anyway because a tablet is a tablet. What are you going to do with it? <laughs> yeah, that's true. How are you going to make it not look similar to that? You're going to make it smaller? Well, it's just going to look like a smaller one. You're going to make it look bigger? Are you going to add extra buttons on it? Well, then that, you know, what are you going to do? uh, (laughs) You're going to go fully for the tablet interface, then it's going to end up looking kind of similar. Yeah, that's true. There's only so many variations of a tablet that you can actually create. They could make it round, circular. Oh, now that would be interesting. It would be bizarre and wouldn't go down very well because people would start used to that sort of portal to the world everything's square you could throw it like a frisbee 
Well, you could. And the wood page as you rotate it could always write itself. Yeah. Like a compass. That would be kind of cool. <laughs> so you can have but a compass still, app on it. Yeah, I know, but it, 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 it's still a round interface to a square world. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> when that, you think so of the work. internet, when you think of the web, you know, World Wide Web, the World Wide Web is basically square. Well, yeah, it's designed for a square portal. Yeah, yeah. you're right. <laughs> and so if you had a round portal, you would be missing bits at the edge. <laughs> Either that or you'd have bits of black around each of the four. Mm, it could have a built-in overlay which creates a fisheye effect of it. So you can oh, see, I see. So you're seeing in your, round, <laughs> your round tablet. <laughs> It'd be great. Oh, that would be terrible to read. <laughs> yes, it would. <laughs> Oh look, the you know the ad for the HP one though for the HP Slate is is very convincing. I, it's that would sell me. You know, I think this could be an iPad killer. The iPad isn't even out yet. Well, y- well, yeah. Now, what I will ask you is, does the HP Slate have USB? Well, that's a good question. I don't know the answer to that. Neither do I. <laughs> I have not looked to see if that because there. that was one of the big things about uh, the iPad Nichols. Yeah, about the iPad. It doesn't no have web- any- <laughs> Yeah, no, no webcam, no USB interface, and it couldn't do flash. <laughs> also, no expandable memory for itself. But, you know, you can get away with that with having a USB. The HP Slate hasn't come out yet either, so it's it's a matter of uh, of waiting for, the, for both of them to come out. I think there'll be more as well. Dell apparently is, has an announcement or will be making an announcement in that space as well. So, Yes, it's, well, they've it's got several, haven't they? Because they've got the, um, the Mini 5 and they've got their other one, which is the larger tablet no, uh, the, that the, Dell's talking about, which they didn't show at CES, but they were talking about. So they're going to and release the that one. That it, yeah, the rumor for that one is it's going to be called Streak or something, something similar to that. So it's pretty much, they're all, a lot of them are coming out at once then. We, we're getting at least three within oh, a yeah, short space of time. Oh, yeah, it's a very tablet, yeah. And possibly more. This is 2010, is the year of the tablet. Yeah, they might, yeah, finally. (laughs) It's been the year of the tablet for a while. (laughs) Last three years, I think. Yeah, yeah. Maybe a little longer. All right, so that's uh, the HP Uh, Slate. Yep. Did you want to add something to that? Oh, I I was just looking up, and apparently the streak is the the, the code name for the Mini 5. Oh, okay. So, right. Larger tablet version. Right. So, streak equals mini five. So, we still don't know what the, the name of the, the supposed larger one is. Yeah. Apparently, there are some claims that an HTC Android phone from Vodafone contains some malware on it. Three pieces of malware. Yes. How can uh, that be? Does that mean all the Android phones could possibly have this malware on it? Well, not according to HTC. HCC have made a statement saying that they have checked with all of their operating companies and early indications from their quality assurance is that this is an isolated local incident. It was just unfortunate that the HTC Magic phone happened to be bought by somebody in the tech industry (laughs) with a blog. (laughs) So that's how we learned about it coming from the the retail store with, with malware on it. But they've stated that they reckon it's an isolated local incident. And to me, that brings to mind the sort of incident where at the local 
retail store, somebody's unboxed uh, an HTC Magic either to put on display or to demo to a customer, or maybe just to play around with as one of the first HTC Magics in their store, and has played around with it, connecting to the internet and all that sort of stuff, and managed to get it full of malware, reboxed it up, and then it's been on sold to a customer, which is what I think is probably the more likely well, uh, it's plausible. What you're saying yeah. is plausible. Because, you know, I asked myself when I found out about the story, I thought, well, if HTC are coming up with a statement saying, well, we've done some random checks and nothing out there seems to have this on it, mm-hmm. I, I immediately thought, are they telling the truth or are they telling a lie? Now, if they are telling lies, surely that is far too easy to debunk. That would be, that would just kill them. Precisely. They it would, would kill be them. far too easy they to say that. debunk. Exactly. They'd say and, nothing. And That's, you'd be... Yeah. <laughs> and in that sort of thing, if they discovered that it was, you would be seeing them putting out calls for people to patch their HTC phones or, or to, even recalls, possibly. Or even possible yeah. recalls, especially recalls they, from the, the, the retail stores. Yeah. So um, they produce, put out, you know, fresh, clean ones and get those infected ones back so they can clean them off and then put them back out. But yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm convinced I, that I, they, they are telling the truth about yeah. the fact that it's isolated. So the question is now, how did it get on there? When what you said is quite plausible. I mean, I can just see it happening. You know, there'll be someone in the store who's been playing around with it or testing it or and the computer it was plugged into was infected and bingo, it's, it's on the device. Yeah. Because it's, again, because it wasn't just one piece of malware that was on this particular HTC Magic. It was three different pieces of malware, quite different pieces what, of malware. What were they? There was a auto-run malware which was related to the recently taken down Mariposa botnet that we talked about last week. Oh, that was the people in Spain that were arrested, yeah, right? Yeah, the, the people in Spain who were running that one. Conflicker was on it. And a Trojan which steals passwords to the game lineage. So, so it's yeah. obviously from a device that has had a number of pieces of malware on it already. Yeah, uh, either from a device that has had, it's either been connected to a device which has had a number of pieces of malware on it already, or it itself was used to, to roam freely on, on the, um, the internet to connect to these other things. But I think the most likely thing is that, yeah, somebody at the store had maybe taken it home to play around with it or had used it at the store and one of the store PCs because as you can imagine, any internet-connected store, the retail staff are going to be not busy for chunks of the day and they'll be browsing the web on the PCs. So Either that or it's customers... It's easy to believe that they, the, thing, <laughs> the thing had uh, gotten virus-riddled PC, uh, virus-riddled computers. Yeah, and also customers as well, if they, they play around with products and you know computers, uh, phones, whatever, internet-connected oh, exactly. devices... Because not, every, not bring... every retail store you go to has just the fake ones. No, that's true. <laughs> we were talking but about. normally you don't sell those display ones. So, you know, the fact that the thing well, that surprises sometimes me Sometimes is... you do. Sometimes they do and they will mark them as being demo models or display models and you will get, you know, quite a good discount. Yeah, you think this would have come out of the story though if it was because exactly. it's kind of more plausible. But then there have been occasions where stores have been done for the fact that they've been selling demo or returned items as original items instead of right so it could be a case of that as demo or returned items because it could very well be a case that perhaps this particular handset was sold to somebody the person then decided they didn't need it or didn't like it or it didn't work well for them and they returned it and then the store just reboxed it 
<laughs> well, that's actually more of a story than the fact dozens. that it's got malware on it, though. Yeah, we got that, that dozens is. of different possibilities, possible scenarios as to how this stuff got onto this, onto this handset. Well, this is the thing. Or I mean, the fact that the had, malware, you know, or it could have been somebody played with it before it was put into the box at the um, packaging plant. Who knows? <laughs> Well, it's not actually the story you, we might first think it is. It's not the fact that there's a whole bunch of 10,000 HTC Android phones all with malware on them, and that's that's not the case. We, no, currently, we is this the, the one HTC magic? So just an isolated incident. An isolated incident until we hear otherwise. Oh, it's one of those things. If you've got something, something for our listeners and anybody on the internet to keep in mind, if you have a device which can connect to the internet, whether it itself can become infected with something or it can just become a carrier of something, you should always run it through Virus Checker. I think that's a wonderful piece of sound advice there. Because it was as soon as the, the person unboxed it in their office and plugged in their new phone to sync with their work computer that their work computer's Virus Checker said, Oi, <laughs> your phone has these things on it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, the Pentagon is training some of its workers to hack computers. So I think the, the idea behind this one is that to defend your network, you got to think like a hacker. Well, isn't that the reason that most computer security companies hire ex-black hat hackers? Yeah, exactly. That's, that's if the best you were way to a, do it. If you were a naughty hacker that got caught and got jail time, you can come out of jail to a very lucrative job in the security industry. Well, remember Akil? Yeah. Here in New Zealand, he, he got a job. Well, he wasn't getting a job as, as no, a security expert. He was, he was yeah. doing contract work and he was doing talks. Yep. It was the nature of his job. But I know what you're saying. Yeah, you, you hire, those are the sorts of people that you want to hire. You get them on your side working yep. for you. Once, yeah, if you've turned a bad guy to the good side, you can learn all the bad guy's secrets. That's what they've been doing. I, I would have expected this to have been really old news. That well, you people know, I, should have <laughs> thought of that in the first place. If the Department of Defense is concerned that its machines might be able to be hacked, they should <laughs> get some of their team or employ an independent security firm to attempt to breach their security. Well, you know, the thing is, I think the story may have reached the surface because being the, the Pentagon, being the government, there is always speculation as to, is that just a smokescreen? Is that what they're saying? And really behind it all is the fact that the Pentagon is training people to hack other networks, other governments, other even lo- local. To well, the skills, are, in, the skills so, are transferable, aren't they? Because they are exactly the same skills. Yeah, but those are yeah, but they're two different scenarios. One goes down well, the other doesn't go down so well with, with some people. So yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, we, but so, you would not expect. Well, it, you would be foolish to not anticipate the Department of Defense having a a cyber terrorism or a cyber counterterrorism group of people able to reach out there and touch your computer, sort of job. Well, that's right. You, yeah, you're right. Actually, any yeah, your you, your head would be in the sand if you didn't think that they would uh, didn't have or were developing the means to do that. The big question is, what, what are they doing with that? You know, what are, who are they hacking if they are? Now, because they, they're saying they're not. Let's get this straight. They're saying no, no. They're this saying is just they're about using it for training. internal security checking. Absolutely, absolutely. But if indeed this, and I think this is why the story is bubbled up to the surface, because as you said, it's quite normal practice to, to get 
to, to have people hacking, uh, mm. you know, your own gear to to te- as you know to test it so you can defend it properly. So yeah. I think the reason, as I said, the reason this is I think this has bub- bubbled up to the surface is that people are wondering: is that the story, or are they actually going out there and hacking terrorist targets or other governments? And if so, who? Yeah, are, are they hacking innocent well, citizens' computers? Yeah. Well, it can also, you know, it could also have been brought to the the limelight uh, to people's attention because of the recent incidents of relatively large scale hack attacks. G- on Google different, comes to mind. Yeah, Google, Intel. Intel had hacking attempts against them. They were traced back to China, but you know, but no, maybe it was the Department of Defense. Oh well, there you go. It was the Pentagon who did it. There we go. Space <laughs> oh, closed. Sure. We, we could go into all kinds of super duper far fetched conspiracy theories if we decided to go down that track. And I think we should not. We should save those and write a book about it. <laughs> We'd make a lot of money. We would. <laughs> those books go down well. They do. They do indeed. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think just like when um, Steven Spielberg releases a movie about dinosaurs, suddenly there's a ton of movies about dinosaurs. When there's a big news release about some sort of hacking attack on something, all of the other ones start to bubble to the surface in the news but as it becomes kind of the the it thing to talk about for a little yeah, that's while. That's true. Are, are we funny creatures? We are very funny creatures. Humans are... Very random. <laughs> nice tie back. <laughs> All right, now, Brett, you're a king gamer. You've got a, a Sony PlayStation 3, and Sony have come out with a new wireless controller, uh, a, another version of its, different version of its wireless controller. Yep. For, for the PlayStation 3, tell us, tell us about what they've created this time. Okay, what they have basically created, in a nutshell, is nunchucks without the wire. Right, so, so tell me about traditionally, they have the, the wire connects to which two pieces? Uh, <laughs> what I'm saying there is for anybody who has played on a Wii, they'll know exactly what a nunchuck is. The The controllers for the Wii, the, the motion controllers for the, the, the Nintendo Wii system, most people call them nunchucks. It's two controllers held in each hand that you plug the secondary controller into the primary controller with a wire. And so the secondary controller has your little um, analog stick and a couple of the the other buttons, and the primary controller has your, you know, your your. I'm not sure what the symbols are on the Wii, but they they have the the firing buttons, the punchy buttons, those sorts of things. Right. So on the Wii, and you've they are wireless to the console, but they're between wireless themselves, to the console, but wired. between themselves, they're wired. Right. Now the the PlayStation, they've called their uh, Sony has called their controller, their new motion controller, the Move, and it comes with a, a wand, just like the um well, a little more, I'd have to say, a little more Sony stylish than the Nintendo's wand. Definitely got that style. And I'm not so not so sure I'm, I'm quite sold on the giant neon ball at the end of it yet, but I'll have to get my hands on one to, to make a final decision. Quite but literally. Very, <laughs> yes, but really quite similar looking. Uh, it's got the, the, the standard buttons for the right-hand side of a classic six-axis PlayStation controller. It's also got a sub-piece, which is the the other side of the, the, the nunchucks, except they connect together wirelessly, so you don't need, there's no wires involved at all. And the other piece, the, the, the sub-controller, is has the analog stick and uh, the other set of buttons from the left-hand side. So it's completely wireless between the it two? It is completely oh. wireless between the two. So now tell me, the, the, the current PlayStation 3 wireless controller is that mm-hmm. like the Wii one which has the wire between them no the 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 star the, the current one is just your standard controller pad control pad 
that, that most people are used to. Oh, it's just a single device? Yeah, yeah, it's a single device. But wireless? Yeah, but wireless. It's the right, same. Okay. It looks exactly the same as, you know, PlayStation controllers have looked since the PlayStation oh, 1. Oh, yeah, okay. I, I know, yeah. They look exactly the same. It's just got a lot more technology jammed in there. It's all right. wireless. Right. has motion control built in already. It's six-axis control for, for those who splurged on those controllers. This has brought in a new form factor and better motion control and positioning and will allow them to bring in, you know, it's it's that form factor for playing those sorts of social games and physical games, which the Nintendo Wii has so far dominated in. Brent, you've suddenly lost a bit of fidelity there on Skype. Oh no. Yeah, you sound like you're on a on an AM radio. Oh dear. But that's it's okay. Hor- so this is Brett on AM. So uh, from base to Brett, are you receiving? Ah, <laughs> oh, the wonders of, of the internet. Ah, the internet. So coming back to the, the PlayStation controller, is, is this something you would get as, a, as a, the average gamer? You're an average gamer, right? I am indeed. I'm an average gamer and I use my PlayStation quite, quite often. Admittedly, I haven't turned it on since they've had their little clock issue but i will be turning it on soon because i have just gotten some new games for it but yes i will definitely be getting the a move and i look forward to the games that will be coming out for it tennis. in that or social yeah 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 look, I, you know i can tennis, is, tennis and golf are two of my favorite games yeah. on Wii. <laughs> that would work with it. i can see how that would work well you know what i'd have to pop over i think and, and play tennis with you on the on the well, PS3. Indeed, you will have with to. The new move controllers. That's the, that's the point of that that controller set is they are controllers for much more social games. They are more interactive, more social games. They're the games that get people together to huddle around your screen. <laughs> Hopefully, you've got yourself a big screen if you're going to play those sorts of games, and you bring all your friends. You get you get everybody together, and you you know you have fun. In a social environment. Which was really uh, the Wii's niche, wasn't it? That it was, was. And okay. that's, where, that's where this this is going to encroach on that Wii niche. And that's, yeah, that's the, obviously Sony's intention. So now they've got both bases covered. System. Yeah. They've got the, the sort of the traditional gaming the format, con- if you like. The co- traditional gaming genres that you would expect from the PlayStation. And then and as well as that, they, they've got... Yeah. And they're going to move into these the, the, the social gaming genre, which Wii has had its you know has been in its basket for ever since they brought out the Wii so overall how what would you what words would you use to describe this I'm looking forward to the the, the game the, the new game experience that I'll be able to get well you've come back in FM like. stereo you've come back in FM stereo oh brilliant hallelujah <laughs> we've got fidelity back <laughs> praise the internet <laughs> that AM radio was starting to sound a little odd <laughs> Oh dear, oh dear! I Our guess listeners will be standing on the cable down the streets. <laughs> finally, gotten their foot off it. <laughs> yeah, I can just see the listeners now on the podcast thinking, "Oh, what are my EQ settings doing on the iPod?" <laughs> yes, when you're coming through perfectly fine, and and half of me cuts out. <laughs> well, yeah, that's a bit of a giveaway, isn't it? All right, so yeah, <laughs> once yep. again, coming back to the to the Sony thing. In, uh, indeed, it, it, I look forward to it because right. I, I really like. I like the Wii for the games that you can do with it, the things you can do with it. It's it's a social experience in gaming. The the PlayStation has been more that independent 
experience. Though in my household, playing games on the PlayStation is actually a relatively social experience anyway. Yeah, but that's because you're all Because everybody comes around to watch you play. Right, oh, I see. <laughs> because generally I play games which have a storyline. Oh, okay, yeah. Or, you know, ones which are gory and, and, and scare you. I'm a big fan of survival horror games. But I also like those social sorts of party games and sports games, those more those interactive action ones like tennis and golf and the, those sorts of games. So yes, I look forward to the PlayStation Move controller and the games that it will come up. And I look forward to seeing how, because they've also said that they're not just going to bring out new games for use with the Move. You're going to be able to use the Move to play other games that you already have in you know, in new ways with, oh, I see. This, okay. uh, with this new device. So I look forward to seeing how it fits in with some of those other games. So good move on Sony's part. Precisely. Great. All right. That's the end of our show. I think we've done all the international stories. Was there anything you wanted to, to talk about that we haven't already? Uh, no. Nope. All right, well, let's say we put in one of our little break jingles and after the break we'll come back and talk about what's happening with Vodafone here in New Zealand. Yes, indeed. All right, welcome back. Now, we know that XT have had a whole host of problems, well, Telecom has, with the XT network. It's Vodafone's turn now, though. (laughs) Everything's been really ups and downs for the XT network. Well, down and down. (laughs) Oh, oh, indeed. (laughs) But yeah, now it's Vodafone's turn, isn't it? Indeed, indeed. They've had a bit of an outage. It goes to show that no matter how good your network is, you will always have the, you know, you can always be effective with an outage. Though, you know, on Vodafone's side, however, their fault was quite localized. Yes, yeah, so 16 and- cell sites, and it was intermittent disruption, and it was all back up and running pretty promptly. Well, it was, it was still the better part of a day. It was, uh, I think, between 8.30 a.m. and 2, 2.30 p.m. But I guess what's more reassuring with the Vodafone one is that it was due to something they know they did. They were doing an upgrade with with some cables they obviously hadn't planned correctly. Whereas mm. that the XT ones is just equipment failing, and sometimes we're not they're not sure which pieces of equipment. So uh, yeah, in all no, fairness, this is they could track down to for the the XT, which yeah, is which is worrying. So in in all fairness, you know this Vodafone one, yeah, okay, they had an outage, but it's actually fairly minor. But it, it's just a fun story to to talk about in the in the environment that we're in at the moment with the XT failures. Not every, yeah. (laughs) There's no such thing as 100% reliability. No, and this goes to demonstrate that. And although I can still see what's happening at Telecom XT. The more expensive it's going to be. Yeah. (laughs) So obviously Telecom and the XT should have asked for more nines in their reliability. Well, you know what I think they'll they'll be doing now? They're going, ha, 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 ha. (laughs) Well, I mean, come on, wouldn't you be? Well, yeah, they will be slightly, but they, you know, <laughs> they'll only be able to do that until the XT network goes down again. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, they should, they should take that time for having a small gloat. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure that Vodafone will not have to shell out anywhere near as much in compensation. No, no, I don't think they need to at all by the sounds of it. This is fairly Yeah, Yeah, because it, it, it's was not a significant disruption. All right, well, that's episode 57 all wrapped up then, Brett. Thank you very much for hosting it with me once again. 
Not a problem, Edwin. It's always good to be random with you. And I particularly enjoyed the AM radio sound that you had a little <laughs> earlier on. It was fantastic. You'll have to do that again sometime. I'll, I'll see what caused it and see if I can do it again. <laughs> You're not using XT, are you? No. <laughs> Skype over XT. Uh, yes, this is Skype over my XT mobile. <laughs> Oh, well, okay, look, that's pretty much it. Where's our outro music? We have to cue the band, and that's it. We're out. See you next week, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.